Welcome to the Akashic Reading Podcast, presented by AkashicReading.com, the place where you can learn to access your soul's wisdom, or at least stop digging the hole any deeper. I'm your host, Terry Uctana, and today we'll look into practical uses of Akasha or Prana to manifest a healthy and happy partnership into your life. Each of us is a transformation engine. In every moment, we have Akashic energy, also called prana or chi, flowing through us, providing the raw materials we need to manifest an embodied life. Just as a child is created through the mixing of genetic materials and nourished through the mother's body, Akashic energy is converted into matter, action, intention, experience, creation, and so much more as it passes through the various processing points throughout our being before releasing out into the embodied world. At the same time, embodied akasha, or earth energy, flows through us in the opposite direction, informing what we are, collecting the becoming, growth, accomplishment, and wisdom of each moment, and communicating it back into the akashics. Part of this transformative process is via connection. Within the human energy system, there are three major nodes which form the connection center. When speaking in terms of chakras, these are the heart center, or chakra 4, the core, or chakra 3, and the center of intimacy and money, chakra 2. In the Kabbalah's tree of life, these are the sephirot da'at, Tiferet, and Yisod. Tiferet, or Chakra 3, is our central core. It's the merging point for all aspects of ourselves, where our spiritual nature enters linear time, where the practical world merges with the timeless, and where we can both be in our bodies, experiencing each moment, while simultaneously experiencing our eternal selves. On either side of this nexus point are the ways in which we connect with people and the outside world. Our heart center, or da'at, is where we love people unconditionally. It's how we see the soul of a person underneath the masks, roles, or lessons they're experiencing in this embodiment. It's where we carry the knowledge we are all the same and all precious, regardless of the bodies we choose to inhabit. This is the place where we connect at a universal level. In this part of ourselves resides a love which has no needs, no desires, but instead is nurturing because it is felt. Through this center, we have the means to connect with others which we term selfless, which we think of as being higher or above the sordidness of life. It's the type of connection which treats everyone equally therefore cannot treat anyone uniquely. Heart-center connection, by its very nature, is unable to be practical. We see this in the national and international struggles to respond when tragedy strikes. We feel, sometimes deeply, when tragedy occurs. We take action to communicate our connection to what has happened through various means, including vigils, social media, donations, gifts, cards, emails, petitions, and so on. However, something stops most people from taking a next step. 
we bemoan the fact so few people get involved to make change, that many words are said but few actions taken, that nothing ever seems to change. But the connection we make in our heart center is not a practical embodied connect. We can choose to transform it into this type of connecting, and there are those who do. The medical professionals and others who choose to work with Doctors Without Borders transform this connection into action. So, too, did those who traveled across the country to help rebuild after Hurricane Sandy and Katrina. These moments are notable because they are rare. Our heart-centered connection is meant to radiate out, to intertwine with others, and to be encompassing as well, to inform our actions, but on the human, soul, universal level. Where we struggle most is with intimate connection, which resides in the Sephira Yuzod, or the second chakra of the place of intimate partnership in money. This is where we transform Akasha into embodied connection, moving our core self into relationship with others. Here, our connections are deeply personal, rooted in the uniqueness of each situation, and demonstrative of how we value ourselves as well as others. Money, abundance, finance is the language by which we value things. Money has no intrinsic value, but, like words, only the meaning we give to it, and very often changing in context, like an iridescent sheen. Personal relationships are the way we value others, and the way in which we demonstrate both how we wish to be valued and how we value ourselves. This is why friendships, family, and partners can be seen as mirrors, holding up a reflection for us. There are times when we attract or choose people who will be this reflection in order for us to learn how to manifest ourselves fully into being in embodied life. There are relationships we craft through choice or over time to be the reflection. I teach about this more extensively in my course Discover Kabbalah in the Tree of Life, where students work through reflection energy to clear these blocks therefore seeing themselves and the other as they truly are. Yet this is only one aspect of embodied connection. Second chakra is where we take a step forward out of ourselves, reaching out with our true and essential nature to connect with someone else. It is one of the most unique of experiences which is only afforded in embodied life, to be purely and unadulteratedly ourselves, not merged with any other, and yet connected, allowing access to our essential self and gaining access to theirs. The amount of access varies from relationship to relationship, even moment to moment, as relationships mature, adjust, come into being, and fall out again. The relationship with a partner is one of the strongest, most challenging, most fulfilling any of us can have in embodied life. We are taught a great many fictions about how one goes about finding a partner or being available for them to find you, most of which ask us to depend on luck, on karma, on forces outside our control, or on patterns and systems of behavior which will do the trick. The effect of this is to hide from us our ability to actively and spiritually participate in this most practical of manifestation projects. 
all the lists of requirements, right thoughts, intentions, and programming we are taught as means of manifestation are necessary parts of the process, but like the heart chakra, reside above the zone of practical implementation. In other words, once you've figured out what it is you want, you then need to take steps to implement it. Or, as the old joke goes, as the blonde woman lay dying on the steps of the church, wondering why God had deserted her, why he had not allowed her to win the lottery, which would have solved all her problems, God leaned down and whispered in her ear, Why didn't you buy a lottery ticket? One of the most powerful ways to manifest a partner, once you've defined what you want, focused your mind on making this a reality, and set your intentions, is to begin working directly with your second chakra, or yuzot. To do this, first, go into a meditative state, either lying down or preferably seated. If you're in a chair, make sure your feet are flat on the floor. Then focus your attention on your third chakra, your center, which is just above your belly button and below your ribcage. Allow yourself to feel the warm glow, the happiness, which is your transcendent self, that feeling of home where everything is all right. Once you have that, move your attention down to your second chakra, the Sephira Yuzod, which is between your hip bones. Hold this feeling of your transcendent self as it begins to adjust and transform into physical and emotional feelings to becoming embodied. Next, focus your attention on how you have changed. From being a radiant glow of light, you can see that your energy in Yuzad is actually a loop. The golden glow becomes a ribbon of flowing gold coming into you at the center point between your hip bones, moving around the inner left side, across the back, around the inner right side, and back out through the center. This is because you are one half of an infinity symbol, completely yourself, whole and healthy, and yet there can be more. As you watch, you can feel your boundaries stretch in front of you, as if a wall of fog were shredding and fading. You remain in your center, the energy ribbon flowing through you, yet you can begin to see beyond yourself to where the energy comes from and goes to. Focusing your attention on the ribbon, you can perceive that as it moves through you, it is picking up your intentions, your desires, your needs, requirements, and thoughts. Then it's communicating these out into the world. You can feel that as the energy comes into you. It carries the intentions, desires, needs, requirements, and thoughts of someone else. When you're ready, begin to activate this energy, strengthening it, sending encouragement through it, calling to the one who matches who you are and what you need. When you feel a positive response, know your message has been received. Things have been set into motion. Return your consciousness to your core self, feeling the same and yet more than you once were. Allow your attention to return to your body, to the room, and to the moment. Now, while some would call this a meditation, it is in actuality a ceremony or act of manifestation. 
This process can be done more than once. In fact, the process of manifestation improves with repetition. Trust your awareness of yourself, as well as the intuition and the information you receive. Real-life changes usually occur within hours or days, although not necessarily the way we expect them to. And, as always, when working to manifest a partner, it's important to specify they be human. So often, people attempt to manifest the perfect partner for themselves and become inundated with pets, because their criteria for being loved, accepted, and supported is more easily and readily fulfilled through a four-legged companion, or two, or twelve. Manifesting a partner comes from our ability to intimately connect, to form Akasha into a living presence which makes us more than the sum of our parts, but it also requires us to balance all three connective centers of our being. Without our heart center, we become self-absorbed, selfish, using others to get our own needs met without consideration or concern. Without our intimate center, we cannot truly see ourselves or the other, nor honor our uniqueness as it expresses into the world. Only when we use both equally in balance, like a team of horses pulling together, do we achieve our full potential as spiritual beings living in embodied experience. And that's all the time we have this week. Next week, we'll delve into the winding way of seeking for your spiritual path and how to co-create it. If you're interested in knowing more, check out my website, akashicreading.com. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please take a minute to show it some love on iTunes. Your comments are also appreciated. Thanks. Bye.